Business podcast. I am your host, Mr. Eric Compton, aka Mr. Town Business. And as always, I got my co host, my battle buddy, my brother from another mother, the one and only Mr. Brian Bearfield, aka Big Sarge. Greetings and salutations, <laughs> individuals and earthlings. I am Big Sarge. <laughs> so it's the second show this month in February. Are we still, am I still not allowed to participate in uh, Black History Month or am I still on the Lunar New Year thing? Like I told you, you can either take the first, fourteenth to the twenty eighth. Oh, I'm taking. Better pick that, huh? Well, so the retro, the bread retro six has come out the fourteenth on the weekend of the fourteenth. So I'm gonna go ahead and take it on the back end. So any of our lovely you listeners out there who want to salute, uh, help the kid out on Black History Month with the retro sixes uh, breads, uh, I wear a size eight and a half. So I would greatly appreciate that, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, they don't come out. To, I just seen my boy down my boy got him they did an early release so they did a soft release i think like two weeks ago so some people got him like you got to be like a, a like knee deep in it in the game and i i, I i'm a pretty cool like sneakerhead like i know the ins and outs of it but i got like a plug that i that i use so like i ain't really sweating it because like i'm about 95 percent sure i'm gonna get it and so I just kind of wait till the general it, it releases to the general public because I get a nice price cut, I should say. Wow. Not gonna name no names. Not gonna name no names. Not gonna incriminate anybody. But I get a nice little discount. Do, the, uh, do they still <laughs> did? Do they? Because I know a lot of people had set up bots in order to buy the stuff online, and other people weren't able to get. They still do that. So people are so that's the thing. So like a lot of your retailers, like your big three, which would be Champs, Foot Locker. Um, and foot action what they've done is gone to the app where basically you have to reserve you what they do is they you reserve your shoes through the app and basically it kind of puts the box out of business but i mean there's a where there's a will there's a way man so there's the box is still killing the game but they kind of made it a little bit more um susceptible to the common person to be able to compare can you reserve so. it through nike too I don't think you, I think you could just buy it off the Nike app, the, app, the sneaker app. So like you'll get an, a notification on your phone. So if there's a pair of kicks that you like, you just hit that notify me button, make sure your notifications turn on your phone. And then it'll notify you saying, hey, uh, Blasey, Blasey, Blah has been released. Go ahead and click on the Nike uh, app to go ahead and buy your pair right then and there. Okay. So you got to be quick, quick on your feet, baby. Gotcha. You got to be quick on your feet, man. So, uh, 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 you know, you got to be at the position of attention. Move. You know, you got to be anticipating that uh, secondary call, you know. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So, hey, to all my sneakerheads that are out there, hey, we just doing a quick little segment on there, you know. <laughs> we roll the pre-production meeting into a live one. So there you all have it for some of y'all who want to know. Um, how I'm able to, you know, be be able to get in the game. Some of the ins and outs that uh, I could tell y'all if y'all uh, DM me or send me an email. But anywho's BB, moving on to what we usually do. This is a sports business uh, uh, podcast, so we talk about sports and business. So there's been a lot of business transactions, as I like to call them, taking place in the NBA. Um, you know, like I said, it's the greatest soap opera besides keeping up with the Pittsburgh Steelers going on right now in sports, man. So. Um, we've seen a couple of moves take place that um, uh, that have kind of if you if you're a, a, a not a not a common fan but a, you know an in depth fan you should, you should see some good moves that were made. First one was uh, Tobias Harris from the uh, L.A. Clippers just got shipped off to the Philadelphia 76ers. Baby, I don't know what everybody think, but Tobias Harris is a dog, bro. Like he's dropping twenty and seven a game, and for him to move get moved to Philly, that's two big time moves that Philly has made this year that really solidifies that start five man oh yeah i i look at that um as well now i i just want to see what's going to happen though because when you come from an organization or a team where you're used to being the, the 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 one the number one guy the primary source of scoring like the alpha male and now you're going to a team with three alpha males and ben simmons joel and b and jimmy butler i want to see how that's going to to work out at the end of the day and not to mention, um, you know, like it, he first started off in Orlando and he was actually somewhat of the B guy behind like um, Vol- Volchich from uh, the, the center, starting center Nikola Volchich 
um, who's actually an all-star this year as well. So he's always kind of played second to the fiddle. Um, he got shipped to Detroit last year, I believe. Yeah, I think it was. He, got, he went to Detroit and played there. And then when they, uh, he was part of the Blake Griffin trade from Detroit back to the L.A. Clippers. So, I mean, my man's known how to be able to be on the go and be on the move. But like you said, when you drop a 20-7 and seven and there's a, I want to say a, a good riff, there's a good riff for him to become somewhat of a snub on the Western Conference All-Star team or an All-Star squad. Um, I can see where they're coming from, but I think it's going to just give the Philadelphia 76ers another option, beside another outside option, because one thing they don't, you know, as your point guard with Ben Simmons, he's not a guy who's going to take a jump. He's going to score outside of the paint. So it just kind of opens up the floor a little bit more for Ben Simmons to be able to kick it out to Jimmy Butler, um, J.J. Redick, uh, 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 Wilson Chandler, who comes off the bench, is a pretty good 3 and D player. And then you also have Joel Embiid, who can sit there and hit that knockdown three as well on a pick and roll. So it's going to be really, really interesting. I really, really like that trade, BB. Um, another trade that has kind of caught my eye that I don't know what this team's thinking about doing, but it has raised my eyebrows. And I don't know if you heard about this, but it's the... Uh, the, the Washington Wizards, as well as the Chicago Bulls, where the Washington Wizards traded away Otto Porter for Jabari Parker, which I think neither team really wins. But if you want to talk about the business aspect, Otto Porter signed a max contract, I believe, two years ago. So they just unloaded they just unloaded a bad contract, theoretically. And But at the same token, they just picked up Jabari Parker, who has been somewhat of a underwhelming player who's been known to be as a bust. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm not uh, really big on... Otto Porter, Otto Porter Jr. came out of uh, Georgetown, correct? Yep, yep, that's right. Yeah, he was really good when he was at Georgetown, but he has never been able to seem to put it together. And now I'm interested in what is the Washington Wizards actually doing? Because now Otto Porter Jr. is gone. They got rid of Kelly Oubre. So now the only mm-hmm. people that you really have left is John Wall and Bradley Bill. Like, are they trying to create a clear cap space to try to see if they can get a big-time free agent or are they getting stock and draft picks I'm, I'm confused on what this organization is doing you hit the head you hit the nail right on the head my big bro that's why that's why i said when i said that it raises my eyebrow is because it's like what are y'all trying to do because you just unloaded a terrible contract and out of order which i don't even understand why y'all gave this dude max contract and then like you said they got rid of kelly Oubre, who was a pretty good player coming off the bench last year he's a really really good defender to knock down a couple of jump shots and be that spark off the bench. But now, like you said, it's, it, it, I don't know if they're trying to clear up cap space, but if they're trying to clear up some cap space, man, um, there's a guy who just slipped and fell in his house that just ain't going to be playing basketball in another, literally a full calendar year. Um, that's still owed like $130-some million, man, uh, in John Wall. So, like, if anybody should have got dumped, it should have been John Wall before anybody, but I can see... I can see why no teams want to take that draft. Don't, nobody wants to take that bad contract, man. I don't know what the problem is with John Wall, man. To be so so talented, but yet so disconnected with just so many things. And it never seems like he's dialed in. He's never dialed in to play at, at you know, the top level. Because if he does, if John Wall gets dialed in, you could put him in the top five of point guards in the NBA, but right now, even if he was healthy, can you put, I can't put, I can name five other point guards that's better than than John Wall, and that doesn't make any sense because of his skill set and his talent. He should be higher. Absolutely, man. I mean, like you said, there's there's this easily, he's probably a six to ten top ten point guards in the NBA, but he just hasn't put it together, and I don't know. I, I definitely think he needs to be traded or moved. Uh, maybe a change of a coach because um, uh, Scott Scott Brooks doesn't. I, I, I'm not sold on him. And BB, you're a diehard uh, Thunder fan, so you can attest to you know some of the philosophies that Scott Brooks has had. But I'm just not too sure what what they can do. <clears throat> and I, I, you know, if you look back at the, the, the franchise's history, like they just been known just to do insane moves. So um, I don't I don't know what they plan on doing, but it was it kind of raised my eyebrows to see them moving away from out of order which I think they should have got rid of uh, before they even signed it to that max money that he, uh, you know, he sat there and robbed the bank and secured the bag, as, uh, as uh, some folks like to call it. So it's going to be interesting to see. But, um, you know, I guess we'll talk about the elephant in the room, BB, and that's going down over there in uh, New Orleans, man. Um, did you hear about the first offer that Magic Johnson uh, uh, offered uh, uh, Dell Demps? Yeah, I heard that it included Bronny. I heard it included Magic Johnson's son, 
along with uh, some Louis Vuitton red bottoms, two purses, <laughs> and three blouses. Now, the two purses was of the purse from game one of the NBA Finals when LeBron stepped up, stormed off the uh, press conference. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, if, if I'm not mistaken, they offered something like Rondo, Stevenson, Beasley, and a first-round draft pick, I think is what they first offered. Bro, BB, that is such an insult. I would have clicked. I would have hung up the phone, put them on the block list, and made sure they don't ever, 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 ever call me ever again in life, man. Right. Um. So that's the first offer. And then the second offer was like I think two first round draft picks, Ball, Kuzma, Ingram, Hart, and I think like still like Ball, uh, uh, Rondo, and and, and uh, 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 uh. Lance Stevenson or something. It was something crazy where basically it was like, who gonna be playing with LeBron and, and, and Anthony Davis for the rest of the season, man? Right? <laughs> so, so my question is, uh, is it best for, I mean, it's, it's very, very evident at this point that the New Orleans Pelicans don't look like they're gonna be trading uh, uh, Anthony Davis by within the next 24 to 48 hours. Um, I expect him to be playing for New Orleans at the end of tomorrow. So, is this a good move for for the New Orleans Pelicans? Because personally, I think it is. Um, you have other teams that can offer a little bit more to have better access. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you can get uh, a, a, a guy like Jason Tatum, I would take Jason Tatum over Ball, Ingram, uh, Hart, and I don't know about Kuzma, but I would definitely take him over those three players that, that the Lakers are trying to offer up now. Uh, so here's my thing. Um, hold on one second. Here's my thing when it comes to that. Okay. You're going to laugh at me when I say this, but I said this on the show earlier today. Um, so this whole Anthony Davis trait has me like so confused, bro. And it has me, when I say confused, it just has me confused because although, just like you said, although Anthony Davis would be a great addition to the Los Angeles Lakers, like he'll be a great addition if you keep Kuzma you know, you, you can even get rid of some of those other assets, but keep Kuzma because if you let Kuzma go, then you're left with, like, wait, is Beasley in the trade? They had Beasley in the first offer. What about Stevenson? So, it's my understanding that the first offer was, like, Rondo, Stevenson, and Beasley, and I think, like, Ball is what they were trying to get rid of. And, and the first round draft pick is what I think I saw at first. I know, but what's the, do you know, I don't know what the latest is. I know they offered a lot. And Dale Depp said no. So the second offer was basically their young four team, four players, and two first round draft picks. Yeah. So they were going to keep the vets, and they were just going to ship off the um, old, uh, the young Thundercats. And that's that. That's the thing. That that's the thing that I, I don't understand as far as why are you going to gut your team, give up everything? You're going to bring them over, and you're still not going to be good enough. I, I I I've said this a million times. I don't think they'll be good enough to beat the Houston Rockets fully healthy even with Anthony Davis and observation man a lot of people don't want to talk about this especially when it comes to LeBron James and even though I have LeBron James as my goat Mm. so unpopular opinion I don't think that LeBron James is good for that young group of talent watch them when he's out and see how they run the floor See how they run the floor, how they get up and down the floor. Look at look at the last game that they played against. Uh, look at the last game. They Indiana? No, not not that game because LeBron played. Look at the Warriors game, bro. They gave the Warriors uh, a scare, and I know that Steph Curry was having a bad game until the fourth quarter, but that's how they play. They are in a lot of games, and then at the end, their inexperience lose them games because they don't know how to finish a closeout. But if you look at the first three quarters of the Los Angeles Lakers when they when they don't have LeBron they are a high high scoring team cuz at one point weren't they up like 10 12 points on the Warriors the second half they was up about 10 points and the Warriors you know they came back and did their thing um <clears throat> yeah you're right and so um, and, and that's what and, uh, and so that's what I'm saying I'm like LeBron is ball dominant ball stopper now he still sees the floor great he still gets to the basket but a lot of those players become stagnant when he's on the floor. He doesn't run the floor like he used to. And he doesn't run the floor. I put it like this. I'm not going to even lie to you, bro. If they'd have had Lonzo Ball the other night, they could have potentially beat the Warriors. Only because Lonzo plays great defense on Steph. 
So, so I agreed with about 99.2% of what you just said um, until the last three sentences. Um, here's my thing, DB, and I'm, I'm not, I, I, li- I think the Lakers are a historic great franchise, but I just, so when they got, when they picked up LeBron James and they got him to LA, um, I, I, I immediately knew that this, this team wasn't going to be able to uh, do anything. Like I thought that there would be like a top four team in the West, but I didn't have them going to, I think, you know, I didn't think that there were going to be anything making any kind of noise. I, I, I like you said that you think they can't even beat the Houston Rockets, uh, fully healthy. They wouldn't even be the OKC team right now. Um, with Paul George and Russ Westbrook and Steven Adams. I don't think they would beat them, even if the uh, Lakers were fully healthy. Here's my thing. And when I look at Hart, or when I look at literally Ball and Ingram in particular, I'm looking at two former number two overall draft picks that just, they ain't got it, man. And granted, at the same token, Ingram has been playing a little bit better the past six games. I think he's averaging about 21 points, but I don't see the drive in either one of them two cats, and I don't see something that they want to that they're they're hungry. Like I, if I'm Dell Dents, I don't even think I'd want them to. Like this, I'm almost contemplating probably taking Stevenson and Rondo before I would take Ingram and uh, uh, Ball. I mean, I would I, I would say this: I wouldn't take Ball uh, Ingram. Uh, I would take Ball, but I, I just don't see the drive with the two with the, with the young cats, man. Like I don't see I don't see what the big deal is about them. Like when I'm looking at other rookies that are in around that same draft class, as them, man, like. These, there's kids, there's cats out there that are actually getting it. Like, you got Spidey Mitchell, who's a, who's a late first, a mid-first-round draft pick. Um, ben Simmons, you know, he was the number one overall pick. But I just don't know, even if you bring Anthony Davis to the Lakers, even if you kept everyone um, and you were able to sign him as a free agent, like, there's just too much going on. Like, everyone plays the same position, um, even though it's a positionless basketball uh, culture that we're having these days. I just don't see what the big deal is with these kids, uh, with these young four players. Like, I don't see anything to me that makes any any sense. So even if you ship them off, you bring AD and Anthony Davis in, then you got to sit there and be, you're basically gutting your whole franchise for the next X amount of years. Like, what do, what's the game plan after that? I'm pretty sure that there's not going to be a big-time free agent that's going to that's gonna be able to sign with the Lakers, that's going to want to sign with the Lakers, I should say. So now you have all this extra money, and then you start getting guys like the Rondos, um, these guys that are still, you know, tapering off in the sunset in their careers, and they're just going to try to find, just secure the bag, basically. Yeah, um, exactly. And uh, I, I, like I said, man, it's just one of those things where I'm, I'm baffled. This whole thing has me baffled. I don't know what they're trying to do, and what I mean by there, I don't know what the end game for the Lakers is, because right. you gotta have. There's nobody that can win a championship without complementary players. You can stack your team with all-stars, but even the Warriors, they got to have Looney and Bell and all them playing and Iguodala and Livingston playing at a certain level in order to compete and win a championship. I just don't see where they're going to be able to do that if they give up all their assets and bring over um, Anthony Davis and, and and try to pick up maybe another big-name free agent in the in the offseason. Yeah, so it's going to – yeah, I, I... – their best bet is to get Anthony Davis in the trade. I mean, obviously he'll probably be able to sign in twenty twenty, um, in the twenty after after next season. But I mean, let me ask you this question, BB: Over or under one max player going to the Lakers this offseason? I need to know who the max players are. Kyrie for sure. So Kyrie's going. Okay. Yeah, I can see Kyrie. So okay, so. We say Kyrie. So outside of Kyrie, did you see a Clay Thompson, Jimmy Butler, uh, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard? Uh, who else is a free agent this year? Any of those players going to play with LeBron and Kyrie in LA? Yeah. If uh, if Watch Car doesn't go, if Jimmy, I mean, if um, Kyrie Irving doesn't go, Jimmy Butler's definitely going. You think so? I know so, bro, because he's starting to. Jimmy Butler is starting to feel himself, and he wants the limelight. And that's where he's going to get all the limelight in California. See, I got a gut feeling that Jimmy Butler stays in Philly for some reason. Really? Why? I don't know. So my gut feeling is that he's already low. He, he burned his bridge in, in Minnesota, which in his defense, the first one I was, when he did all of that antics with, you know, playing with the third string team and going after Andrew Wiggins, Anthony Wiggins, or Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns, I, got, I, under, I felt his pain. Like I, I was, I understood that. 
But when he was out here trying to go after um, after the coach and, uh, and, and Philly and some of the other players talking about how the offense ain't really revolve around him, I was like, okay, bro, you like you said, BB, he's starting to smell, smell, smell himself a little bit too much. But they've been winning. They've been starting to play pretty good ball. And I think uh, they'll be able to figure it out. In the day. And I think with Embiid, Simmons, these two kids, these two cats, they want to win. Like, they're, they're passionate about winning, especially Embiid. Like, he gets mad after losses. Like, he ain't out here trying to hit the club when he loses. So, I just have a gut feeling that Jimmy Butler would stay in, in Philly. Like, I think he likes it there to the point where he would, he would, he would re-sign with them. I just got a gut feeling that he's going to stay. I can see Kawhi going to the Clippers, but I can't see Jimmy Butler coming on this side. Like, he's from, I think he's from, like, Chicago or something like that anyways. He went to school in Marquette, so I, I, I don't know. I think that, man, I've seen entirely too much on where I think Jimmy, because now I'm starting to feel like he feels people aren't giving him the respect that he deserves. Like, they like, ah, he's good, but he ain't a superstar. And he wants superstar status, bro. Like, that's Jimmy Butler wants superstar status. He ain't a superstar though. He's he's right. He's like he's your top. He's your tier B. So you have your tier one and your tier two. He's your tier two player. He's a great player, but I mean, he don't. He ain't no KD. He ain't no KD. He ain't no LeBron. He ain't no Anthony Davis. He don't want to hear that. I know. I know, man. So, anywho's, um, but yeah, I don't think I, I don't. I I just don't know what the end game is. Being. It's just um, <clears throat> I don't know, man. Like to me, really, if you think about it, neither team is gonna win on this trade. Like, let's like, there's just no way you can't sit there and say the Pelicans are going to win. They're letting go of a transcendent superstar, and then you're going to sit there and look at the Los Angeles Lakers and be like, dang, bro, they give they, they give up they 40 acres and a mule to get this dude, and you ain't gonna have nothing in the leftover. So, I, I just feel like it's a lose lose situation. I would be it would be ooh, these two teams to possibly get a third team where you can offset some of these, um, some of this unloading they about to do, but I don't see that happening either. So if they really want this trade, like, BB, I don't think any team really wins in the long run. Yeah, I don't either. I, I don't, man. The West is going to be still really, really good next season, and even if with Anthony Davis and you put some players around him, I don't know if that's going to work or not. Yeah, I, I don't either, bro. It, like I said, I don't, and it all depends on whether, whether, how the dominoes begin to fall out of Golden State if they can either put together a team that would be good enough to compete Right, right. So, moving on. So, BB, I guess we got to talk about this, man, because you and I talked about it, but we ain't really talk about it. Uh, I guess we're kind of uh, obligated to talk about this. So, uh, where did you watch the Super Bowl at, man? Or let me ask you, what was your Super Bowl setting? I know you did a halftime show, but what was your setting, man? Say it again. What was your Super Bowl setting, BB? Like, how how did you watch the game? Uh, actually, I went and uh, I was with uh, some more radio personalities. That's and yeah. So I know you did a halftime show. I did a halftime show and I did a uh, a post game show too. So uh, I just hung out with them, ate good food, laughed, talked, and that was about it, man. Cool. Okay. Okay, my brother. Here we go. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. So you was at their fellowship and. I was with my my, my dope family, um, man. Uh, BB, I told you you should have came to the family barbecue, bro. Like it, it was it was it was amazing. <laughs> the platter was the platter was the, the spread was just amazing. But uh, next year, bro, open invitation to the Compton Manor. You're invited to our annual Super Bowl party that we usually have. Man. Appreciate you gotta it. You got to come, bro. So, anywho, so like you said, I think that's the that was the going thing around the nation. The Super Bowl was on. But, however, comma, as we like to say in the army, however, comma, you was either with some folks, some food, or you just had it on as background noise. So, I had it on at my, my grandparents' house as background noise. Like, I was literally just looking up a couple of times, and I saw a, a, a punt here, I saw another punt there, and, um, you know, the Super Bowl ended up to being a super dud. Um, BB, everyone's talking about how this was like a defensive, a defensive excellence game, and Everyone's so catered to how offenses just lighten up the scoreboard. Nobody wants to appreciate what a great defense looks like. It's not that I don't appreciate what a great defense looks like. I just don't appreciate two teams that played so terrible. It ain't even that the defense has played well. Like, it was just a bad football game in all three aspects of the game. You'd be like, am I, are my optics wrong, or do I need to go ahead and, like, go to, like, Lacey, Lacey next and get my eyes checked out? Because I didn't see good defense. I just saw terrible football overall as a product. It was a, it was a product of bad offensive play, and I'm not taking anything away 
from that defensive front four for the Patriots. But other than that, Tom Brady played terrible and um, Jared Goff played worse. So it was bad offense that made the defenses look better because I, I put it like this. I didn't see anything really that stood out from either defenses outside of the Patriots front four that made me say, oh, wow. But at the same token, how many three and outs did the Rams defense force as well, though? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. But that's what, so so we got to give so everyone's giving credit to what the Rams. Uh, I'm sorry, the Patriots defense was able to put on like this immaculate performance. But it's the same thing with the what the Rams did. Like the Rams, they had a first, they had a turnover on the first possession that the Patriots had the ball. They weren't able to move the, they weren't able to score on it. But the Rams defense didn't play bad at all. It was the fact that the the actually. Um, it was the fact that the Patriots were moving the ball and the Rams weren't the when they were on offense, they weren't. After what happened right after right. that pick, it was three and out. Yeah, absolutely, that, that's what I'm saying. Absolutely, like that's what I'm saying. Like, the, the, I, I don't think we're giving the Rams defense enough credit as well. But like you said, the Patriots, the Rams didn't move the off the ball on the offensive side, neither did the Patriots move the offensive ball on the side. I mean, heck. The Rams had 60 offensive plays. Do you know how many of them was over? Do you know how many was over uh, under zero or negative yards? 27 out of the 60 plays. That's almost 50% of your offensive plays are going in the wrong direction. Yeah, and so my thing is this, though. When you look up, man, even in that first half, even though the, the Patriots did not score but three points, but Julian Edelman had 94 yards receiving. And so the optics of it looked like Tom Brady they just weren't getting it done, you know, to, to complete. But it wasn't like, you know, they were being, like, stopped on three and outs like it was for the uh, Rams. Right. And I, like like you said, Julian Edelman had 93 yards catching in the first half. He had more yards catching the ball than the Rams did have, had at his as it. Had more, he had more catching yards than the Rams had more offensive yards. So that says a lot. But, I mean... You know, everyone's talking about how bad the suit. I, I mean, I, I agree with the nation. Like, I just don't think that this was a great football game. It wasn't a. It wasn't a good product. And like you said, when you got the Rams and the Chiefs a few weeks ago, you know, they put on a, a masterpiece on that Monday night game. Um, the Saints and the Rams uh, uh, earlier in the season was a really, really good football game. Even the AFC Championship game with the Rams and the Chiefs, uh, the Patriots and the Chiefs was pretty good this year. Um, so you had all of these good football games, and then here you come on the biggest stage in the mall. I'm talking about from the commercials, Adam Levine, uh, um, and from Room 5 to the actual product. Like overall, bro, like that was by far the, one of the worst Super Bowls I've ever seen in my life. The worst. Not by far. Like the worst, and I had a caller call in today. I don't know if you heard him or not, and say that 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 was the best defense he's ever seen in a Super Bowl. The Patriots what? was the best, and I said, uh, "Well, if I'm not mistaken, the Ravens played really good. The Seahawks uh, played really good. What about what about the Broncos? What about the Broncos against the Panthers? Yeah, so that's what I was trying to say. But he's like, but none of them held those teams to three points. So I was like, well, it's not." Uh, and so now I had to get into where you got to look at it like this. It wasn't so much as um, it wasn't so much as the 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 Patriots played good defense as it was when I take a look at the overall uh, when I take a look at the overall picture, man. Um, I said this on the show yesterday. Jared Goff been telling us that he was going to be this way since Week Twelve, from mm-hmm. from Week Twelve through the Super Bowl. Like I said, he. Seven touchdowns, eight interceptions, and so you know, three three games he threw no touchdowns. One game he threw four, and that was in uh, San mm-hmm. San Francisco. And so my thing was Jared Goff, man. Um, I don't I don't know if you heard this or not, but what the what the Patriots did to him too. And like I said, this is why I say he's not a great quarterback. I did the three year evaluation too uh, of Dak. Uh, Dak Carson Wentz and um, Jared Goff, and I put Dak. I seen that, and I put Dak over him because Dak has a better body of work. I don't care that Jared Goff went to the Super Bowl; he didn't perform in the Super Bowl, and I've never seen a playoff game with Carson Wentz in it. So, anyway, um, did you know that during the game, you know how the helmet cuts off at 15 seconds for the coach to be able to talk to the quarterback, right? Yes, yes, sir. Yes, so sir. Did you hear that? Um, that when the uh, the the Patriots was was giving the Rams one look, 
And then when they knew that the play clock got to 15 seconds and the helmet went off, they changed to another look because Sean McVay was not only telling Jared Goff to play, he was also telling him where to throw the ball. And so they just waited, and then they changed the defense. That's why Jared Goff looks so confused. Plus, uh, he can't – he doesn't do well against zone. Man to man, he does better. Well, not, not to mention that just shows you that this guy can't read through his progressions. But here's what kind of irritated me. If Sean McVay seen that during the first half, he got the ball back in the second half, the first possession. I don't understand why he didn't go into a hurry up. He could have still kind of did like a muddle huddle where they're on the line, uh, try, you know, calling out the plays or setting everyone up in the right in the right scheme. I don't know why he didn't go into a hurry up offense. Um, I, I don't know. They should have changed the pace. They could have got Todd Gurley involved, which to me is by far one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen, possibly in sports ever in my life, where this dude was probably, you know, a top five MVP go-getter, go uh, vote-getter, I should say, and then also led the league in total touchdowns. I mean, this dude only got 10 touches in the game. Like, that's a, a mystery beyond something that I would never, ever be able to figure out. And it seems like nobody will, in the ranch camp will ever talk about that either. Um you know, everyone talks about, like, how young the Rams are. This is the team that's going to be able to come back. I'm about to name off some quarterbacks, and I'm going to see if you can picture out what I'm about to tell you. So, Cam Newton, Donovan McNam, Steve McNair, uh, Terry Collins, uh, Rex Grossman, Rich Gannon, Dan Marino, Boomer and Tyson. Uh, what do these quarterbacks all have in common? Uh, I don't know. They've never won a Super Bowl. They've all went to the Super Bowl and never went back in their careers or haven't gone back yet. You said Dan Marino so too, right? Yeah, I put Dan Marino on there and Boomer Sison. Yeah, did you put in that? Uh, uh, you know, you can also throw in the fact that it's not easy to get back. Ask uh, Aaron Rodgers. That's exactly what I'm – that's exactly And Drew Brees point. as well. Yeah, that, that's another one. So that's what I'm getting at, BB, is that everyone talks about how good this Graham's team is. Like, it ain't – it ain't – like, this might have been their only shot and they just laid a goose egg – um, literally, uh, and just poo-poo their only opportunity away, baby. You got Ndamukong Su, Dante Fowler, uh, Nikel Roby Coleman that are all going to be uh, coming off the books this year, and I don't know if there's money, enough money to re-sign them, being the fact that they just gave Todd Gurley all of that uh, shmoney out there in California. Oh, uh, um, yeah. I did. <laughs> it's crazy. Right, Marcus Peters coming off the books, too? Uh, I think he's still on the books. Um, I still think he's on the books. So I know Cooper Cup will be coming off of an injury, but they they were able to trade him. But you got you got a lot of key players that are going to be coming off the books, and I don't know what they're going to do. Being the fact that they just gave Aaron Donald a whole bunch of money, which he rightly deserves. I'm not knocking neither one of the boys for getting that money uh, and securing the bag. But Jared Goff will be coming off the books in a few. Uh, I think after next season, where they can offer him that max money. Um, that quarterback money that's going by far just tear the franchise down. Um, I don't know if the Rams will be back next year, BB. I, I just don't think so. Yeah, I, I, I don't either, bro. It's uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yes. Oh yeah, and I, and I so, don't think they're ever going. I don't think they're ever going back. They now they have the blueprint on them and the Wonder Boy Sean McVay. No, they're not. And I don't know if Stan Kroenke's going to open up that checkbook to be able to put that together again. Yeah, man. So they got the code. They got the Da Vinci code broken already as it is. So I expect the Rams to take a huge step back next year. I mean, not to mention Seattle didn't have a bad season. You got the uh, Saints uh, that can come back and still do their thug dizzle if they get it together. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams out there in the NFC. Like the NFC is literally a crapshoot. You don't know which uh, Dallas Cowboy team you're going to get. Uh, depending on what the Philadelphia Eagles want to do, there's still a, a, a wild card out there. So. You know, there's a lot of teams out there that can sit here and just dethrone the Rams. And if you think about it, the Rams may, you know, it's a, it's a safe bet to say the Rams probably didn't even deserve to uh, go to the Super Bowl as it is based off of what happened in New Orleans. So, I, I to me, I'm not going to, like, I, I would say, I would see, I expect to see the Patriots in the Super Bowl before I, before I see the Rams in the Super Bowl. Yeah, me too. So, um, that's our contractual obligation talking about the Super Bowl. I won't talk about it no more. Um, we're going into the offseason. But, you know, thank goodness that, uh, I didn't realize this, BB, and like uh, I saw a post from you today that said that you know you were at a presser for the Houston Astros. I know you cover the Astros, but like, bro, I didn't realize like catchers and pitchers report in like eight days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so it, it, the literally the baseball season is coming up on our heels in about a month or so. We'll start seeing preach in about three couple of weeks or so. Actually, we'll start seeing the spring training games, man. Um, BB, I, I find it so odd to see that Bryce Harper and Manny Machado 
have not signed with the team yet, man. Uh, well, you know what? It, Manny Machado, I, I I understand why. Like he, his attitude and what he showed as far as being a borderline dirty player is probably mm-hmm. keeping him away. I think that the price tag for Bryce Harper is what's keeping other people away. And I don't know. I just said this today, sitting at a table with a couple of baseball writers. I'm like, I don't know if, like, because there's like the Astros to do good with him. I was like, but he strikes out so much. He's a whiffer. Yeah. <laughs> He's a whiffer. Um, so, so I, there's so, I, you know, me, BBI, like I, I'm always about numbers. So here's what, here's what I think ended up taking place. We used to, so from what I was told is that it's not, it's not about really the contract language or anything. It's about how the con, the negotiation started. So from what I understand that Manny Machado and Bryce Harper's representatives, they started off way too high. And like it was so high that the teams was like, bro, you're like, y'all are on some tuna. Like, it ain't happening. I think they was asking anywhere north of $300 million, $300 million bro. And so I think right now what what baseball's seeing right now is what we call a start in, in the finance world is what we call a correction, where things get overinflated, where we've seen so many players get these inflated contracts, i.e. like a Jason Worth when he signed with the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, or yeah, he, I think he signed with the Philadelphia Phillies off of this crazy enormous contract. Um, Ryan Howard is another good example. Um, 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 Cespedes, like these guys who have gotten like these uh, amount or outrageous amounts of money, and they haven't been able to produce because you know the money was just out there for them to take. So now that you see that it's a correction, now we're going to start seeing baseball players at their true value, not as an oversaturated, as an overinflated market value. So I think. You know, I think they want to start, you know, I, I've heard that they're willing to sit there and take a deal all the way up to the beginning, the day before training camp, uh, training camp starts. But, man, if you were to sit there and pick, man, I don't know who, I mean, obviously they, they, you can you can use two of those players, but I don't know where they really going to go. I heard Bryce Harper's team met with the with the San Francisco Giants. Um, I've heard that he's also met with the Padres. Um, I know Manny Machado looked like he was about to go to the Sandy, uh, to the Chicago White Sox, but... Man, I don't, I don't know what's going. I, I don't know what they're gonna do, man. Yeah, I don't know either, man. It's going to be, it's one of those things where you just gotta sit back and watch, and then, like, what team actually jumps in and say, "This is what we're going to do." Yo, I just thought of a team that would probably pull the trigger on Bryce Harper, bro. The Brewers. No, I was thinking the Angels of Anaheim. I don't know why they've just been known to do crazy things. Really, you know, they pulled the trigger on Albert Pujols. And I can just see him pulling the trigger to getting Bryce Harper for some reason. Because right. they got to look at it as it's going to be a marketing. <coughs> so he's going to sell more tickets, more paraphernalia. He's going to be able to do more public speaking or whatever the case may be. So that's going to be interesting too. I mean, partially, I would mind him coming to my beloved San Francisco Giants. Like I would love to see him go there, but um, I think the Giants have kind of gotten snake bitten with giving out some fat contracts as well, and it hasn't panned out for them. So. I think they're a little cautious as well. Uh, and then not to mention, this is a big year for them to try to figure out if they're going to rebuild their team by letting go of Madison Bumgarner or if they're going to try to go all in again. So I don't, I, it'll be interesting to see, man. But, uh, you know, you're down in the Houston area, man. So, you know, I think, do, do the Astros have what it takes to sit there and probably uh, take the AL West again this year, man? You say do the Astros? Yeah, so they're... Their new mantra is take it back. And so they, they didn't like the way that the season ended last year or the season went in general with the injuries that they suffered to their big three in Correa, Springer, and Altuve. And then with Altuve limping through the uh, American League Divisional Series. So they're all on this uh, take it back. And if I'm not mistaken, Vegas has them as being the favorites to win it all again. It definitely represents the uh, American League and to win it all. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be, uh, you know, just going to be watching. I'm on, I'm along for the ride, bro. Yeah, I feel it, man. Hey, did you hear about, like, some of those, um, what the what, uh, Commissioner Rob Manfield has kind of uh, brought up a couple proposals as far as rule changes, man? Did you get to take a look at that yet? Talking about with trying to speed up the game and putting a DH in both leagues. Yeah, so he's talking, so one of the proposals, ladies and gentlemen, is that uh, they want to speed up the pace of the play. So they're thinking about putting the pitcher clock where the pitcher has 20 seconds to uh, pitch the ball. Um, they're also uh, a, a batter, uh, a pitcher rule where they can only, they have to face a minimum of three batters. Um, and then also uh, DHs in uh, both leagues. Now, any initial thoughts off that, man? Kind of gauging into it, just looking at it from the outside in, went out, you know, looking at it uh, blindfolded real quick, man. About that, with the time clock? 
Uh, so one thing that stuck out for me was the uh, was the pitcher rule. Like they have to face a mandatory of three, a minimum of three pitchers. I mean, three batters. That's gonna be really, really interesting to see, man. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. These rules when it comes to baseball, I don't know what that. So each, this is what happens when I look at it. Each professional sport, the, the the big three, especially between the NFL, the MLB, and the NBA, wants to be the prettiest girl at the dance, and so they want <laughs> to do whatever it's going to take in order to be the most attractive, you know, to get the fan viewership. And I don't know, and I'm like, I don't like if they speed the game up, it's still going to be a long game. Right. I mean, so they put a 20 second shot clock, basically. Or pitch clock, I should say, for these pitchers. I mean, you still can sit there and kind of low-key finagle the rule, the rule. Like, you can do mound visits. You can have the catcher go out to the mound. You can have the catcher call time and, and set up the defense. And, and you like, there's ways of stalling. You know what I'm saying? You'd be like, you can solve the baseball game with or without a shot clock. Um, uh, it's I, I don't know, man. Like like you said, baseball's made, baseball, its revenue last year was like over $10 billion, which is crazy. Um, a lot of it's based off a of local TV market, but uh, TV money. But it's just really, really going. It's really, really hard to get a casual fan to watch a baseball game. Like it's, it's excruciating, low key. So I see what they're trying to do, but like you said, man, they're kind of reaching at this point. And they, you know, uh, they got to be able to like market. You know, be able to tap into some of these uh, other markets and stop grabbing. You know, maybe instead of grabbing these football players and having them play in football, try to see if they can grab, grab them and uh, play baseball or just any other sport, you know, not necessarily just football players, but get baseball to be more marketable down at our lower levels. You know what I'm saying? Yep, exactly. So, but yeah, with that being said, man, it's going to be really, really interesting to see. Um, uh, yeah, man, but I'm really, I'm not going to lie, maybe like for this, for the first time in a while, like I'm kind of excited to see, you know, how baseball is going to turn out to be in, you know, we're gonna see. You know, we're gonna see some bats swinging pretty soon. So I'm kind of excited for the baseball season this year, man. Yeah, I am too. I just want to see exactly what the uh, want to see exactly what the Astros gonna do, man. That's and I want to see them. I, I want to see another uh, uh, Red Sox Astros ALDS. I would say ALCS, but I mean, to each his own. I, oh I, yeah, ALCS. You know, I, That's what I meant to say. <laughs> so yeah, we got something aim high for them boys over there. But I'm really, really interested in seeing what the San Francisco Giants are going to do. You know, they kind of started off the whole, uh, you know, a little, a little, somewhat of a dynasty almost a few years ago. Um, you know, back in 2010, 2012, and 2014 when they won those three three World Series. So. Um, they went all in with a lot of older players last year. It didn't pan out well at all. So it's going to be interesting to see what some of these young Thundercats are going to do. But I'm also interested to see what they're going to do with Madison Bumfunner. Like, he's had some pretty – he hasn't been able to get it together. You know, he's had some injury riddled seasons this past couple of few years. So, you know, there's been some scuttlebutt about him possibly getting moved. So I would say between April and, and June – or April and May – it's gonna be it's coming out the blocks. It's gonna be really really interesting to see how they're gonna be able to pan out. The Yankees too. I could see him. The Yankees too. Um, man, I'm I'm really surprised that Manny Machado hasn't gone to the Yankees. I thought he would have gone. That was almost a sure thing that he was going there. And you know, like low key, besides the uh, the Giants, the Yankees are my favorite, you know, my second favorite team. So um, yeah, you know, it's gonna be interesting to see what year two of Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton is gonna do, and that young young core as well, man. So. I don't know, man. I'm really, really excited for baseball this year, man. I don't know if I'm that as excited as you are, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm ready for. I guess I'm ready for it to start. Ready to start covering these games. I feel you, man. So I think that covered all corners, man. Like we usually do, but always before we get up on out of here, man, we got to do the sports business podcast, big dummy of the show, man. Uh, BB, the floor is yours. I'm gonna give my big, uh, big dummy award to. Uh, not only the shirtless New England Patriots players <laughs> from yesterday's parade, um, and, the, and even Gronkowski, who was groping his girlfriend in front of kids. Um, I'm not going to even talk about that. I, I remember that I was just as upset uh, during the 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers championship parade with Kyrie Irving and J.R. Smith and all them were in the parade with their shirts off. I'm like, just put a shirt on. And in those two instances, they're out there with no shirts on, but the biggest stars in Tom Brady and uh, Tom Brady on yesterday and LeBron James in 2016, they have shirts on. That's why those guys like Gronkowski and Irving and all them will never reach 
the pinnacle or the height of a LeBron James or a Tom Brady. But as I digress, I'm going to give it to, you know, those, well, hmm, how can I say this? So, like, if you remember what the protesters in Ferguson was called, they were called thugs, right? They mm-hmm. said they were thugs. They were tearing up their city. They were doing this, that, and the other. They're just a bunch of thugs. But did you notice that nobody called the Anglo-Americans who were fighting yesterday during the New England Patriots uh, parade, nobody called them thugs. They just called them like over overhyped fans and you know, they just... Drunken fans at the worst. Yeah. And so I'm saying to myself, no, they're thugs. They're doing the exact same thing that you say African Americans do and you call them thugs. But these guys out here, and I guarantee you one of them probably said Brady wasn't the GOAT. Or that Edelman, Edelman should be in the uh, Hall of Fame right now. Like, he should be in the Hall of Fame right now. And one of them said, no, dude, you're kidding. And then they started fighting. Bro, I, I want to say this. I, I can't see, I can't sit there and say for the city of Boston. But I feel like that fan base is like the biggest sore, sore winners in, in the nation besides like maybe... Yeah, I, as far as fan bases go, bro, I think like they're the biggest, the source winners, if that makes any sense. Like, they always got to sit there and shove it in your face. They want to sit there and talk about the Celtics' legacy, the Boston Bruins, the Red Sox, and the Patriots. Like, they have the biggest, sorest winners, like, fan base I can think of in the nation off the top of my head. And that's why I'm saying I don't like a lot of their sports fans, and I don't like, I definitely don't like their media. I don't like Barstool Sports, and I don't like WEI. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so I'm gonna give my big dummy of the award to Ooh, and there's a lot of people I can give it to, but I'm gonna give it to my own fan base, and that would be the franchise of the I can't even call them the Oakland Raiders right now, baby. Right. They're just called the Raiders, man. <laughs> they could be the Oakland Raiders one day, they could be the San Francisco Raiders one day, they could be the San Diego Raiders one day, they could be the Las Vegas Raiders tomorrow. It's got to be the franchise of the Raiders, bro. I've been a, a, a Raider fan, a Raider fan from a knee high to a June bug, but bro, did you hear what the latest move was for them as far as they were trying to play their home games in the city of San Francisco at um, where the San Francisco Giants play? Bro, did you hear about this? A- after your player got called out by the guy in Atlanta, I was done. Yeah, so, <laughs> and, you know, whatever. <laughs> And whatever happens between them two, what happens behind closed doors, that's all up to them. I completely get it. Hey, man, to each his own. But the franchise of the Raiders are becoming a joke of the nation. So they're not playing and in San Francisco no more, right? No, they're not. They, they, bro, like, they are legitimately homeless, bro. Like, spare chains, I need to figure out where I'm going to lay my head tonight at, bro. Like, homeless. So the San Francisco mayor, London Breed, shout out to her, um, reneged on the deal saying that, no, if this is... So... The way the Bay Area is set up, BB, and a lot of people don't know this, is that, like, it's a cove. So you have San Francisco, San Jose, and Oakland. That's considered the Bay Area. It's like this little backward sea cove kind of thing um, is how it is. So basically, the anything, San Francisco and San Jose is basically considered San Francisco. Everything east of Oakland and north of Oakland is considered Oakland City territory. So basically, what the Raiders was trying to do is just bogart up in San Francisco and try to work out a deal with the Giants fan of uh, Giants franchise because technically I believe they asked the public for assistance for the stadium that was built at Oracle Park now is what it's calling. It used to be called AT&T Park, but Oracle Park. So they were trying to use some of those dividends and some of like this interest money that they had to try to see if they could just rent out uh just rent it out to the Raiders and play their home games in San Francisco uh for their last year until they relocate here in Las Vegas in twenty twenty. So the mayor of San Francisco was like, nah, bro, it ain't happening. Y'all got to kick rocks and y'all got to figure out this is my zone. This is my city. And we don't want nothing Raiders sitting up in my city. So go ahead and kick rocks. Y'all got to figure it out. Bro, BB, like this is becoming like a joke. Like they're literally holding up the NFL because the NFL can't even sit there and start their scheduling process as far as figuring out where teams are going to be playing during what week, what time. None of that, BB, because of one stupid broke team that is a, a, just an abysmal that wants to pay the coach over $100 million for 10 years who doesn't know what he's doing. They want to sit there and hire a guy off the NFL Network who was their quote-unquote, a.k.a. their draft analyst guy who sat there and said Ryan Leaf was a safer pick than uh, Peyton Manning that anybody knew that was a dumb pick and they drafted him as a GM. Like, BB, this, this franchise is just a joke right now. 
and I don't know where they're going to play, but BB, to be honest with you, bro, they can sit there and just play 16 away games and nobody would care. At all. No, at all. At all, man. And, at all, and man. on top of the Go fact ahead. that y'all, y'all just gave uh, guaranteed, what, the $2 million bonus to uh, Derek Carr. I didn't know he got a $100,000 bonus for just working out. Yeah, man. So, I, I didn't know that either. <laughs> so, they out here just wasting money at the yin-yang. They sitting there banking on these four draft, first-round draft, or five first-round draft picks that they got. Hey, BB, man, I, they, they are just, bro, like, they can sit there playing Alcatraz uh, Penitentiary for a lot of care if they can play football over there. Like, they, it's just a joke, man. It is just a joke. And, yeah, they got to get my big dummy today. When I heard this yesterday, man, I, all I could do was just laugh, man. Bro, I have no clue on what they're doing or how they're going to do it or when they're going to do it. But all I know is that, hey, man, it's just like this. When you're trying to go to formation, you out here getting smoked in formation because you got that one doo-doo bean over there who don't know how to get his life together. And they got to sit there. We got to sit there and wait on him. That's what the Raiders are literally doing with the NFL right now. Like, the NFL's about to sit there and tell them they got a deadline. And I hope they miss the deadline so that the NFL can be like, all right, God just got to play 16 away games. Like, that's what I'm really hoping that happens. Yep. (laughs) And and they will get everything. And and Chucky gets everything he deserves. Yeah, bro. So, BB, if they do, I'm pretty sure they're going to play in Houston. Um, So, (laughs) hey, man, I'm going to be homeless with my Raiders. So, I might have to sit there and and, and bum off of you for uh, for that that week, man, when they play. Uh, Most definitely, brother. (laughs) Oh, day, man. Hey, man, tell me where you can find you. Pixar Sports uh, with the Z.com and on the legendary K Walk in the all new 92.3 every day from 3 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time on Sports Talk with Big Sarge. And once again, my name is Eric Compton, aka Mr. Town Business. You can find me on Twitter at Eric T. Compton, on Instagram at Money Compton. You can also email the show at Sports Business. That's S P O R T Z. B-I-Z-N-E-S-S at gmail.com. You can catch me on the legendary KYOK every Thursday at 3.30 Central Time with my segment where me and, me and my big bro right here, we do the same thing. You can also check this podcast out on power281radio.com uh, and uh, listen out there. And then also this podcast is available on all platforms. So other than that, man, I ain't got nothing else to say. I'm out. <laughs>